Hello, everyone, and welcome to the My Formula Way podcast. I'm Coach Ray, where I bring in leaders to discuss their life's journey, challenges they've faced, obstacles they've overcome, and how they strive to live their lives filled with strength in the body, peace in the mind, freedom in the spirit, and love in the heart, the My Formula Way. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to this channel and turn on your notifications so that whenever we release content, you get it right away. And if you like the content we release, please comment and share it with as many people as possible so that they can benefit from it too. I really look forward to you hearing our next guest, and I hope it inspires you to continue to do the great things you're doing in your community. So until we connect again, be healthy, be well, salute! Welcome everyone, this is Coach Ray in the My Formula Way. I'm just so excited to start this new season with a group of guests that are just phenomenal. And today, I am so honored and privileged to have Barbara Martinez here. Uh, she is currently the executive director of the Goshen Chamber of Commerce, but she's so much more than that. Mm -hmm. um, she's uh, gone through her journey and learned along the way and is continually learning and growing and finding different things out. And I'm so uh, excited about this because... You know, we have this new journey of us, of, of the people that we've been able to come across and, and meet along the way. And Barbara is also a, a social media phenom. Um, <laughs> she has a handle called Where in the Hudson Valley is Barbara Martinez, which everybody should follow on Instagram and, and Facebook and everything else that it's on. But she also um, supports businesses all across Orange County, going to different uh, different establishments and having her Facebook lives and things that she does. It's just promoting such goodness and such greatness. And, you know, you can follow her. We'll put the line notes in the YouTube channel and the podcast. But, you know, she has so much going on. So mm -hmm. I just want to welcome you today. Thank and, you. And uh, just honored to be able to talk to you like Thank this. Thank <laughs> you. I'm honored to be able to be a part of something like this. We need more like this. So this is a big deal. Uh, it's a little different for me because I'm usually the interviewer, not the interviewee. So uh, it's it's going to be interesting. Exactly. That's why I'm nervous. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing a pro here. So uh, yeah, she's also a radio host. I mean, we can go on and on and the amount of accomplishments you have. But I'd love to just start out with you know, your journey, you know, I, I know that you come, you were born in Bayamón, Puerto Rico, and you came to the Bronx and Orange County, but I'd like to hear from you what that journey was like being born and raised in Puerto Rico and coming to the Bronx and what that, what those experiences were like for you. Um, it was every day a struggle and, uh, and, and survival. Mm. Um, it was one of those situations where, my mother was 18 years old when she had me, and she picked up and left Puerto Rico when I was a little girl. I was a baby. And we moved to the Bronx, and we lived, you know, with other family members. And there was always, you know, that, that internal family fighting. And and so we found ourselves homeless a lot. Um, we, we lived in Kingsbridge Avenue, 183rd and Ryer Avenue, which is where we pretty much stayed for a lot of the time. But before we actually, she was able to get her own apartment, um, there was a lot of homelessness and a lot of um, sleeping in park benches. Uh, people um, 
will see that I am a huge fan of Edgar Allan Poe. And, and the reason I'm a huge fan of Edgar Allan Poe is because my home was Poe Park on Kingsbridge Avenue. We slept on that park bench. And I, um, I have a soft spot for that because it was my shelter doing, during hard times. Um, so living in the Bronx with a mom that didn't speak English and uh, didn't understand the system and was by herself pretty much um, made it that I'd had to grow up very fast. I didn't know English until I went into middle school. So Spanish was my first language. And I struggled a lot in school. Um, it, it wasn't like it is now with ESL and more inclusion and, and more uh, help. Um, back then, it was you had to survive and you had to figure it out. And as a child, you know, I was blessed because I had guardian angels throughout the whole process. Um, and people say, how did that, how does that happen? Um, well, when I started going to first grade, I would walk from Kingsbridge Avenue to my school. And I can't remember what the elementary school was, but it was about six blocks. And every time I would turn the corner, there was a bodega. And El Señor de la Bodega, he would come out and he would walk across me across the street and he'd have a little brown bag with little snacks and he'd give me the, he used to call me La Biblia, <laughs> and he'd give me the bag and and he would watch me as I worked, my continued my journey to school and he did that every day through elementary. Wow. I mean, who was this man? I don't know. I don't even know his name. I just know that there was this individual that would wait for me in the corner and and continue to do this through elementary school. I, uh, you know, in sleeping in the park bench, you know, there was uh, another, you know, kind soul, a man that walked past and saw us, and it was the middle of winter, and he offered us shelter. And it could have gone one of two ways, uh, but there was something watching over us through this entire um, uh, life that, you know, was a struggle. But... Um, you know, I always look at it fondly. I go back and I say, yeah, I, I was homeless and I had to struggle and, and it was hard not knowing English and maneuvering through life as a little girl. Um, but it was, it was a strong time. It made me strong. It made me appreciate a lot that I appreciate now. You know, when I go through struggles now as an adult, I go, I think back to what I went to. This is nothing. Yeah. This is a cakewalk compared to what I went through. You know, I've survived so much. Uh, when I started to learn English, um, it was really through like top 40 countdown through Casey Kasem, <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah, I um, that. And even to this day, I'll listen to 70s music that I probably listened to when I was a little girl. Didn't know what they were saying, but I could sing every single word because it was in my mind. Awesome. You know, so it, there was a lot of that going on where I was learning, but didn't know I was learning. Gotcha. We moved to 183rd and uh, we finally had our apartment. And that's where we kind of found La Familia. You know, everybody in the building knew each other. Uh, we did, you know, off the steps. We played at the, at the pump. You know, there was a lot of connection in, in that area. And I, and I learned English. And, but it wasn't like, English, English. Yeah, yeah. It was like New York and English. Exactly. You know, it was that Spanglish. <laughs> yep. And, uh, but it, it was, it was normal. Gotcha. You know, that was what 
well, we it spoke, was. Exactly. you know, and, and everybody was cousins and everybody was Titi and we all asked bendición to everybody in the building. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, there was the can with the string up and down. Yep. <laughs> there was a lot of that. We had that while we lived there. And then, you know, Things happened and my mom needed to move. We needed to find a bigger uh, place to live. So we moved to 156th Street on Cortland Avenue. So I tell people I didn't, you know, move on up to the east side. We kind of went down (laughs) (laughs) into the South Bronx. Um, It was one of those things, my mission, that, of course, I was going to finish high school. There was no stopping that. Um, what drove I, you to that? Like, what was it that I didn't you to want it? to struggle anymore? I didn't want to live my mother's life, um, and I saw my friends kind of going through perpetuating that cycle. You know, I had I was growing up with girls that were getting pregnant, and I didn't want to be that stereotype. I didn't want to live that statistic. Because it was happening, and yeah. I can see it. Um, I mean, my high school had uh, contraception. There was a, in the basement. All the pregnant girls used to go there. I didn't want to be that, and I, I, I think growing up as quickly as I did, had me in a different mindset than the girls that were the same age as I, as I was. Um, going through this homelessness and having to maneuver through the system of social services so that my mom can get assistant. I was her translator. Yeah, you did, you you know? did a lot of that, I'm sure. I missed a lot of school because I was helping my mom maneuver the system so that we can get the help so that we wouldn't be homeless and hungry anymore. I mean, I, I tell people, um, I, I spoke for the Food Bank of the Hudson Valley. They asked me to be a speaker about food insecurity. I know that very well. Absolutely. And um, I've learned to survive on, on a meal a day. So when I was a speaker for the Food Bank of the Hudson Valley, I, I tell them the story about the banana. The banana is like my signature story. Um, and it's, I think it was... Um, the what keeps me grounded every time I think about the story. So when I was a little girl, um, we went through a time when I was just eating boiled beans. There was no added flavors to it. There was no um, nothing on the side. It was boiled beans, and we had it every single day. And I used to wake up uh, with the hunger shakes. You know, like it, it felt like some, you were being eaten from inside. And I was so weak. And um, I would open my eyes and I would cry because I knew it was another day of being hungry. Um, and finally, through the process of, of us trying to fill out the paperwork and me helping my mom fill out DSS paperwork, I'm like yeah, five years five, old, yeah, six exactly. years old. Wow. I, you know, it, I'm, I, I had to learn to read, you know, force read, you know, it was, um, I mean, I used to, with my sister, we used to make believe that the beans were like avena yeah. or pancakes. I mean, we used to In use our imagination. Exactly. So we would talk, I would talk to my little sisters about, we're using our imagination. Yeah. And this is, and we would pretend that it was something else. So um, finally, when my mom was given uh, uh, food stamps at the time, they used to be like the different colored bills, yep. they were brown or green or I can't blue, you know, mm-hmm. they were like magical bills. Um, she takes me to the corner bodega 
first thing she does, she walks in, she tells me I got, you know, the food stamps. And I don't know what that means. It just seems like she was very jovial. So this must have been a good thing. And uh, we go down to the bodega and we walk in and she says to me, I can have whatever I want. Now, remember, I've not eaten. I am starving. Exactly. I mean, I haven't eaten and I don't know how long. As a little girl, I can't tell you the time frame. Um, walk in and I look around and she says, I can have anything I want. And I could just see the brightest, most beautiful yellow banana. And I said, I want that. And she gives me the banana. And I tell you to this day, I can taste it. I know what that banana tastes like. Wow. It was the best banana in the world. I mean, I still eat like three bananas a day. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just <laughs> because it's because of that connection, that, connection uh, that survival, wow. that feeling of it's going to be okay. So it's kind of like my whoopee, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't find a banana, I'm feeling like I need to get a banana. Yeah. So, um, but this... But this all culminated to just the strength of knowing that I am not going to be a statistic. I am not going to be uh, struggling or I will not struggle like my mother struggled. Um, and I I need to change my life. I don't want to live like this anymore. So I was determined. I am going to graduate high school. I went to Theodore Roosevelt High School in the Bronx on Fordham Avenue. It was not the best high school yep. <laughs> at all. Yeah. They kept us on the fifth floor. So the fifth floor of the high school was for all honor students. Okay. So they kept us segregated from the rest of the population because they wanted us honor students to really succeed. And to make it. Yeah. <laughs> and to make it. Okay. Um, so I, I mean, you know, there's a, a high school teacher that I will never forget, Mr. Garfin. Mr. Garfin. Mr. Wow. Garfin. If he's out there and he ever hears, Shout out to Mr. Garfin, I talk right? about yeah. Mr. Garfin all the time. And let me tell you, we locked horns the first time we met because I had a little attitude. Okay. You know, and I know it. I look back <laughs> at it now. He kicked me out of the classroom. Wow. Um, next time... I came back and he let me in. And this was social studies. And I love the way he told stories about history. He made it into stories. Mm -hmm. And I really love that. And I, and I, for that reason, when I went to college, I said, I'm going to be a history teacher because I wanted to wow. be like Mr. Garfin. But there's something about Mr. Garfin that I will never forget. He said to me, when all things are equal, you need to dress for success doesn't matter what you do, but you need to dress for success. Always dress for the part. Always outshine. Always be ready to be the one that's going to win. And I never forgot that. That locked in for It you. locked in for me because I said, yeah, that, it, that makes sense. So for me, the way we ex I express myself is through how I dress. You know, I I, I may have a beer budget, but I'm going to look like I have <laughs> a, a champagne allowance, exactly. right? Because I dress the part because I think it's very important that we represent ourselves to be taken seriously. No doubt. It's a little harder for us, you know, in our culture. No doubt. To be taken seriously. Absolutely. Um, and... So I graduated high school. I said, I'm going to go to John Jay College. I filled out all the paperwork by myself. I did the financial aid. I would survive on $2.50 every single day Incredible. just so that I can take the subway, get a butter roll, mm -hmm. a hot chocolate, do my classes, and then walk to 18th Street um, and 6th Avenue right after I did school to work at Old Navy. It was a flagship store. And I would do that every day. I mean, my feet were tired, Kill but me. I 
needed to make that money in order for me to continue the cycle, Absolutely. to continue to go back, stay in the Bronx, and go to school, mm-hmm. and then go to work. And that's that was my life. Um, I was never the kid that stayed in the Bronx. I was the kid that said, I'm getting out of the Bronx. Um, I'm a, I am proud of being from the Bronx. You know, oh, yeah. don't get me wrong. I am proud yes. from the Bronx. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but back then, it was important for me to get out of the Bronx. And um, so I would go to uh, Christopher Street, and I would have my book, and I would have my coffee, and I would uh, study for my classes, and I would read my book. I was the girl. I was called the white girl mm. in the Bronx, mm. you know, because I was never there. I was. I would live in the Bronx, but I would get on that subway, and I would get out of the Bronx, and I'd go into Manhattan. So my friends, um, there was a little resentment yeah. because yeah. I was kind of uh, viewed as turning my back on my culture. Gotcha. But it was necessary in my mind to get out um i finally you know went to john jay and and got in and i did great i mean i got my a's in my class and yes well i i didn't finish at john jay i i I moved up to orange county so i moved that's when you moved up i moved up to orange county i was 19 years old And I moved up to Orange County, and um, I didn't know how to type, use a typewriter. I, I didn't know how to type. I didn't, I didn't know how to do any of that yeah. stuff. But I was determined that I was going to get a job at the phone company. So, of course, I have like $400 to my name that I had saved. Wow. And I would walk to everything. I would do my shopping at the Salvation Army. I had a little apartment on Montgomery Street. And... Um, I go for a, 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 I think it was manpower, and they say, you can go for data entry. So I go for this data entry, and they ask me, do you know how to type? And I'm like, sure. And they're yeah, like, do yeah. you know Microsoft <laughs> Word and Excel? Sure. Yeah. Never yeah, heard of any of that stuff. <laughs> Never heard. Now, I'm not saying fake it. I'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah. if you're going to fake it, you need to make it, yeah, exactly. right? And so you need to figure it out. You need you to go. figure that out. So that was Friday. I, after I left that interview, I went to the Salvation Army. I picked up a IBM Selectric, this heavy typewriter. Wow. And the entire weekend, I locked myself into my apartment and I typed wow. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I just kept typing <laughs> just it kept and going. typing it. I just kept going it um, until Monday was my data entry exam. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I? I, I have yeah. to do this. I have to make it happen. And I took my data entry, and man, if I did not pass that test with flying colors, seriously, I seriously <laughs> passed it. It amazing. was I was I was shocked exactly. when she told like me you passed. Hours, yeah. <laughs> when she told wow. me you passed, I was like, uh, well, of course I passed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I already yeah, said that was good. I knew that. I told you I knew data entry. I couldn't even tell you what data entry was. Wow. Um, and they said, okay, well, you know, we're going to put you on. And I, you said you were good at Excel and Word. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> so, of course, I go to the local board. It used to be Borders, the bookstore. Oh, yes. And Borders, I bought, I and I bought a, um, a book on Excel. Amazing. And I studied it. Yeah. And I trained myself. On your own. On you my own. I trained myself how to use Excel wow. and Microsoft. And by the time I was there about... About six months, I was training others how to use Excel. Incredible. And I became like the team lead. And they gave me the whole collections, uh, long distance section. So we were in this elite corner where we were. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, it, it was... Uh, 
it was an amazing experience, you know, going from, you know, but I was determined. It was all about determination. Like, it's one thing to say, you know, and I don't condone lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. not saying don't lie. That's not what I'm we're just, saying here. <laughs> what I'm saying is, if you're going to do that, you need to be determined to live up to that part. And put in the work. And put, yeah, the, work put in. the work in. It's not that it just came to me easy. It's I worked for it yeah. to do and it. Back then, there was no Google or internet. Right. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> I got to figure this I gotta out. I got to figure own. this out. Wow. Um, I. I decided I was going to go back to school. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go back. It used to be Ak then. It's called SUNY Orange now. Yeah. Um, I decided I, I need to go back to school. So I went for my two-year degree. It took me five years going part-time, um, full year. Absolutely. No breaks in the summer. Yeah. I was taking one or two classes, and I was paying for out-of-pocket myself. And working full-time. And yeah, working full-time yeah. and uh, still running the Department of Collections mm-hmm. and, and still – enhancing myself because I wasn't just going to stay there. I I knew that I needed to become a supervisor. Like, yeah. I'm going to be a supervisor at this phone company. Um, I need to make money. Gotcha. And, um, but I was determined to go to SUNY Orange and I learned really quickly and this is, this is, this was a turning point in my life. Didn't matter really how um, I dressed, which I, it was very important. It was that I dressed well. So I did that part. Absolutely. And that I worked hard. I did that part. And that I taught myself. Um, I still couldn't escape the fact that this is what I looked like. I was a Latina, mm-hmm. you know, and no one would take me that seriously. Mm-hmm. I was I was good for a lot of things, but not good enough. Not good enough things. to be a supervisor. Yeah, yeah. Um, they gave me the excuse that I was too young. Mm. They gave me the excuse that I wasn't a people person. Mm. Um, I applied to be a supervisor several times and I got turned down. Um, and I said to myself, I need to assimilate the culture. I need to speak English the right way. Mm. I really need to, um, be taken seriously. Um, so one of the, Things that I regret, but not really because it was necessary, was losing a part of myself mm. in order to achieve that. Gotcha. You know, I don't have an accent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I really focused on speaking English the right way and presenting myself the right way and enunciating my words because it was important that I was taken serious by the people that I was dealing with. If I was going to make it into this group mm-hmm. and, and make it up that ladder, um, I needed to kind of change. Mm-hmm. And, and I did. And it's um, a struggle. Yeah. Cause that's it's that, an internal struggle, wow, what is this you know, because you yeah. have, you don't know who you are, you know, it's, um, it's hard to explain, mm-hmm. you know, you know, it doesn't feel good, mm-hmm. but you know, it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I finished college. I, I graduated with honors, of course, because I, I needed those yeah. yellow ropes. <laughs> I needed to get those yellow ropes from SUNY yourself. Orange. Yeah. And I paid for that. And I said, I'm going to continue on to Marist. And of course, my babies came along. My son, wow. uh, Jonah, came along and I took a little break, but then I was determined I'm going to go back. Yeah. And then uh, my Aramis came along and wow. I needed to take a little break, but I, d- I was determined that I was go- going to go back. And I actually graduated magna cum laude, no, summa cum laude. Mm. I graduated summa cum laude from Marist College. Wow. Um, and my son was 
probably three months old when I graduated. So I went, I mean, I was humongous. (laughs) I was humongous. But it took me, it was a long process, but it it took me a long time to get my degree in uh, communications of all things. Um, But it was very important that, that I did that because it was part of this this who I was going to become, right? Um, there was no one that's going to tell me that I, I'm not going to do it. You know, there's no one that's going to tell me that I wasn't going to graduate college and that I wasn't going to be that girl from the Bronx that made it. Um, so I am the girl from the Bronx that made it. And I'm one of many Absolutely. girls that made it from the Bronx that people don't want to recognize. So um, it was a big deal to be able to say, I'm going to keep forging forward. And I am, if you tell me that I am not going to do something, that's that challenge. And I take that on, on everything that I do. Um, so I experienced a lot of, and it's, it's really hard to explain. Um, and I think maybe, um, Latinas and Latinos can, Put it probably in better words than I can. No, you're um, doing great with it, you know, and where you're going it, with it. Absolutely. It was, um, <clears throat> I knew that who I was as a person made a lot of people uncomfortable. Mm. You know, it was, uh, there was a lot of, uh, you need to humble yourself, yeah. you know, so or tone it down a little tone bit. Down a yeah. little bit. You know, yeah. people have a hard time with, um, how uh, assertive you mm-hmm. are, or um, you are, uh, it, it was a lot of, they couldn't handle that I was confident. Exactly. You know, and the more they told me that I shouldn't be confident, the more confident I got. <laughs> it almost fueled it in it a way. It fuels it yeah. because I know, you know, I would pull it back, you know, and then I would realize it wasn't getting me anywhere pulling Mm, it back yeah you know it was just kind of putting me back in my place yeah and i'm not having any of that exactly all the stuff you've been i've been through so many things i work hard i earn this i am smart i know that i am and i'm not going to pretend that i'm not and no i am not going to use my sexuality as a woman and no i am not going to pretend that i have an accent so that people can uh feel okay with me that exactly. they you know i'm no i'm not going to do that and um i i take it very personal when people place us especially latinas in a specific category because of what we look like or how our curves look mm-hmm. or how our speech is you know exactly. or Anything like that. I didn't want to do that. I stay, I make it a point to stay away from things like that because I, it was very important for people to see me for my intelligence. Exactly. See that I, um, I know how to express myself. I know how to do the job mm-hmm. and I can do the job just as good as anyone else. If not better. If not better <laughs> because I am yeah. determined Absolutely. to get this done Absolutely. for my sons, yeah. you know, and for my family, for my people, yeah. for my culture. Exactly. Um, I don't talk about it a lot, but it hits me every once in a while when something comes up, you know, it just, clicks exactly. and i go wow I, you know i went through all of that and in 
and I don't know how to express it. Yeah. It's it's really hard to explain it to people, right? No I mean, doubt. No doubt. I went to to, to to Marist and I got my bachelor's degree in communications and I worked for the sheriff's office for 14 years and I was the token Latina. Yeah. And um, no, nothing against my 14 years there. Um, I learned a lot. I yeah. learned a lot about politics mm. and maneuvering in the politics. And I learned a lot about divide and conquer. And I learned, I learned a lot of strategy. And I, you know, I, I don't, I won't say names. They know who they are. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I learned by watching these people and how they strategize. And I picked up a lot and mm. how to maneuver into this world. And it's tough when you, when you are the only one and, and you, you know, a lot of times when we go to work or we go to different atmospheres, we want to connect with people when we're working there, mm-hmm. but sometimes it, those individuals may not be there. So I've yeah. experienced that myself, yeah. but. So how did you how did you navigate that? How did you navigate? It was fourteen years that you were there. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you in terms of navigating the, the the politics and the environment? Well, I was very during those fourteen years. I think I was very submissive. Mm. I allowed myself uh, because of my loyalty to um, the administration. I allowed myself to be taken for granted. Mm. You know, I, I worked for 14 years without really getting a raise. And um, I, I took a lot. I, I allowed a lot to happen. Um, but, and I said to myself, I, I will never allow that to happen again. Mm. You know, I was at the mercy because I was, I had my boys. Yeah. And you had to pay bills. You had to, have absolutely. to pay bills. So I was pretty much at their mercy, really. Um, and like I said, not to take away from my 14 years, yeah. I did learn a lot and it was a stepping stone and I did get a lot of advantages, mm-hmm. but there were a lot of also being kept in my place. Gotcha. Um, didn't stop me from being the Latina that I am. That's right. And I took a lot of things head on. I brought in programs that are still used to this day. I implemented Excel for payroll and we went from paper to electronics. And wow. I forged a lot of great relationships mm. with a lot of, of different leaders. Um, they came to respect me once they got past what I looked like. Yeah. You know, it takes, it's harder for me. Because, or harder for anyone that looks like me, mm-hmm. because the person has to get past what we look like yeah. before they even take us seriously. Mm-hmm. So it takes a lot longer for us to achieve that respect gotcha. that we should get. Mm-hmm. Um, that that the acknowledgement that we are smart, the acknowledgement that we know what we're talking about, absolutely, that we know how to do the job. Yes, you know we're the best person for that job. Um, but it takes a little bit longer for us to no do doubt. that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, to get that from people. But once, once they get your, res- once they respect you, it is now our responsibility to keep that. So it's almost like you can't slip up, not even a little not bit. Not even a little bit. Not exactly. even a little bit. And you, that's, that's the challenge too. That's yeah. where sometimes. You, so now you get the it. respect and now you work even harder to keep that to respect keep yeah. because 
they are waiting for that one slip up, yeah. you know, because there you see, see there, it goes. There, there it goes. Yeah. That's what we expected out of you. Exactly. And it's really, it's hard to explain. Yeah. I say to people, you just don't know exactly. how hard that, that tightrope that we walk every single day, we are under this microscope every single day, every moment, too. Every, yeah. moment. every moment, you, the moment you slip up, someone is there to just point out, doesn't matter all the thousand wonderful things you did, you make up that one mistake and they say, and that's what Latinos are. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a big deal. You know, I always remember my great aunt. I, I grew up with my great aunt. She was my second mother. And she always told me, you represent every Latino on the face of the earth every time you step outside this door. Mm-hmm. Just always remember that. Not that you have to carry it all, right? But it's what it is, it you is. know. So it's it's just knowing that and 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 moving through mm-hmm. that. So what led to sh- the sheriff's department led you into director of communications for Orange County uh, Chamber of Commerce, it, which is huge. Yeah, <laughs> I decided one day that. Um, um, it was time to go, yeah. and it, it yeah. wasn't under the best circumstances. Okay. Um, so, you know, relationships were severed and um, friendships were lost. Okay. Um, um, do I grieve over it? I used to. I mean, it's been four years. I grieved for a long time over that, the relationships that were lost, but I needed to move on, you know. So I I didn't make a big production out of it i just picked up my myself and i moved mm-hmm. I, I moved on and um i was offered immediately a job with the direct as a director of communications and it was funny because when they described what the um uh, requirements were like the job requirements it, it was almost like they had written the the director of communications after for me for you for oh, me because wow. um i was already doing radio you know, I always said to myself, I always, you know, pegged myself the entertainer, That's even, right, though kind of a, even though I'm kind <laughs> of, even though I'm kind of, kind of an introvert. But I was a huge fan. I still am mm-hmm. a huge fan of Mr. Rogers, yeah. right? Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, Mike Rose' Dirty Jobs, yeah, yeah, and of course Lucille Ball. I mean, yeah. how could you I not be a fan on. of Lucille yeah. Ball? And um, and I always said to myself, I I want to be that. I want to. Go out into the community. Um, I want to show the community, um, like Mike Rowe did. I want to be hands on. I want to be, and I want it to be funny. I want to be relatable. I want to be like Lucille Ball. I, I, I want people to want to watch what I do. So I, um, started doing the radio, which I didn't think that I could do. It was, it was very strange. It's the first time, it was right? first you time, just, and, wow. and Ruben Estrada mm-hmm. said, I have this show, Linea Formativa, and I really want you to do it with me. It's going to be with Ruben Barbara, and it's going to be Spanglish, and we are going to do it bilingual format. And I was very nervous because I hadn't spoken Spanish in a long time, so I forgot a lot of it. I yeah. mean, I still... I'm very leery about saying anything in Spanish because yeah. I know I'm butchering and it. And my Spanish is not very good looking. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it is. It depends on where I'm at. <laughs> so so it was a challenge. I challenged yeah. myself. I accepted to do it because I said, I am going to challenge myself mm. to learn to speak my language again. And it's got to be in there somewhere. Even okay. if I butcher it, it's got to be in there somewhere. And we did the show and we did it for, I did it for two years with Ruben, driving into Poughkeepsie every Saturday. We did it a one hour show and then it was so popular. We changed it into a two hour show. Uh, We introduced Facebook Live when Facebook Live first started. I mean, this was like 
like mind blowing. Yeah. I, I said, I am going to take advantage of this Facebook live and I'm going to use it. Yeah. And, and that's why I saw you first. That's why I yeah, connected. I was like, wait, who is this people, person? <laughs> people started to watch. Yeah. And they wanted to watch not only while the show was going, but they wanted to see behind the scenes mm. what was going on in the show. In between. In right? between. Yeah, they wanted exactly. to be in, in Bochinche. Yeah. They wanted to be in the Revolu in the, in the between because it was a hot mess. In yeah, between yeah. the takes, yeah. it was... But people don't know. Yeah, People exactly. don't know. So they, they people enjoyed that. People laughed. Exactly. And then my interaction with Ruben, people loved it because, of course, we were showing very freely what it was to be a Latino and to be in each other's co um, company and exactly. we would dance and we were loud yeah. and we were obnoxious <laughs> and and um, it really kind of you we're embracing who we are and being Latinos but also showing how intelligent we are absolutely you know so it, it was like a good mix um, and I said you know what I, I think I'm going to start we're in the Hudson Valley's Barbara Martinez because I really wanted it was first it was we're in Orange County as Barbara That's Martinez right. That's yeah. how it started yeah First, it was going to be called Peeling Orange County. Oh, okay. Okay. And then it became Where in the Orange County is Barbara Martinez. So there was transitions there. Yeah. Um, then Evolution. I, yeah. <laughs> then I went to a place in Hopewell Junction, Unshattered, and I did a Facebook Live there. And afterwards, someone said, well, that's not technically Orange County. That's like um, whatever county that's Duchess in. County, Duchess right? County. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what do I do? Because mm. I don't want to limit myself. Exactly. So I said, you know what? We're in the Hudson Valley's Barbara Martinez. Yeah. So it gave me that freedom. I still stay within Orange County, to be realistic. Yeah. I stay within Orange County. But if I get out of... the option to... I have yeah, the exactly. option, right? <laughs> um, and I found <laughs> that I was having fun doing it. And oh my God, it was horrible. It was like I was doing these Facebook Lives and I was fumbling the cameras and, and things were backwards. But you and were doing it. But I was doing it. That's I was muscling through it. Exactly. And I laughed. I mean, I would go back and watch it and I would say to myself, did I just say that? <laughs> what exactly? What? And the camera's just crazy. So I've kind of honed the craft and I, by no means am I an expert. I'm not a camera, you know, I, but that's the beauty of Facebook yeah, live. You know, absolutely. you just you don't have to be, you don't, you don't have, have to be. be, you just have fun with it exactly. and people watch it. And it was interesting because people started to watch yeah. and people started to send me messages saying, where are you going to go next? Exactly. Or people would say, can you please go to this place? Yeah. My friend so-and-so. And it became one of those like, People are watching and they're putting in requests and they want to see me do this. Yeah. And this is so crazy. What is what is this all about? Absolutely. Um, I had to make my Facebook private and accept friends because it got to the point where I was getting overwhelmed with the amount of people that were coming onto my page. Wow. And I, so I had to kind of slow it down. Yeah, so yeah. because, I mean, right now I have like 156 friend requests that I haven't culled yeah, through. Yeah, yeah exactly. because but they come every single day, which is wonderful. Absolutely. I mean, I love the support that people give me, that they want to watch me yeah. do silly things. No you know, it's, it's, it's fun. Um, I said to myself, okay, I'm going to add this to how I do as a director of communications yeah. for the Orange County Chamber. And I did that for a while, and I found that um, it still wasn't me. Mm -hmm. um, it was still limiting me in keeping me in a box. Gotcha. And um, I didn't want to be in the box. See, mm -hmm. I said to myself after 14 years in one place that I will no longer be allowed, allow anyone to put me 
back in another box. In another box. Gotcha. Yeah. And I mean, those words were used. Mm. So mm-hmm. it was time to go. Yeah. And um, I said to myself, no, this isn't, this isn't it for me. Um, I, I need to find something else. So what was I going to do? I was probably just going to, uh, resign. Um, but of course I had this internal, like, no, I got to do at least six months and then six months it turned into, okay, I'll do the full year. And then, um, then it was like two years. And I said, you know, I, I can't, I'm not going to get stuck here. Um, and I said, I'm just going to go work at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. I, I, I have to find something else to do. This isn't who I am. Yeah. I did a, a lot of great things, but I the knew. Latino Business Council you the put Latino together, Latino Business which Council, was amazing. That's the what we really mixer met. was <laughs> crazy, was, yeah, but, and you were a but, huge part in helping me uh, identify that uh, we have a strong Latino culture yeah. here, and they are hungry for this kind of Absolutely. engagement. I mean, we had above; it was raining. And we had like over a hundred people yeah. crammed into the Paramount Theater. I mean, the marquee, the Latino. Yeah. Oh, that, that was, was great. But your your drive to want to have that, and your drive to say, "I'm going to do it anyway," even though you didn't know how to put a council together, yeah. didn't know how to put something <laughs> on like that. You just did it, and you know, it goes along the story of your life of just doing it. You know, just, just going ahead it. and doing it. And I know that brought you to that place mm-hmm. of saying. All right, I want to. I need another challenge, and now it's it's your one year anniversary coming up this week yes. of you being the executive director right. of the Goshen Chamber of Commerce. So that decision right there, what you know, you talked about how you you needed to get out of that box. I needed to get out of that what did box. That feel like getting out of that box oh, and then going into, that, into this other world. It was like a rebirth. Wow! It was liberating. It was finally. I have a title. You know, I am, I am the executive director. That means so much. And for those of people that are out there that are presidents and CEOs and executive directors, and they don't sit sit back for a minute and say to themselves, wow, Mm -hmm. I am the executive director. Exactly. Just really savor that. Yeah. How, in Goshen, New York. In Goshen, New York. Which is amazing. In Orange County. <laughs> Orange County. Hudson um, Valley. If you are a, a, a someone, a Latino or a Latina or a Latinx, yeah. um, and you have made it to the point where you are the executive of anything, exactly. just sit back for a minute and say, think to yourself, what does that mean for your people? Yeah. That means a lot. And that is so much pride. It can be done. It absolutely can be done. Don't let anybody tell you that it can't be done. Absolutely. You can do it. There's going to be obstacles. There are going to be struggles. There's going to be people that are just going to hate on you. Yeah. They're not going to want you to get up there. And it's there They're for gonna, a reason. But, but you, know? you can do it. I mean, I. it was funny because I was just going to quit. I was like, I just I, this isn't for me, and um, I'm going to leave. And no sooner did I make that decision that I was going to resign, my phone rings. And I pick it up. And it's the president of the Goshen Chamber of Commerce. And he says to me, now, Ray, you're not going <laughs> to believe me when I tell you this. I had heard that the executive director of the Goshen Chamber had resigned. Oh, okay. I, heard, heard, that that. She, I right. heard that she resigned. So I knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, I said to myself, I'm going to get a phone call. Get I, out of here. I'm, I, I wow. swear, I said to myself, I'm going to get a phone call. I go back to my office and my phone rings. And I answer it. And sure enough, wow. it was the president of the board 
for the Goshen Chamber saying to me, I know this is a little um, probably unexpected, but we're wondering, would you be interested in we're looking for a new executive director? And I said, let's talk. And it what was... What you feel like with that, like that day? That's got to be... The, Mind-blowing. You know yeah. what I said after I hung up the phone on on hung up the phone with him? I said, I, I looked up and I said, the universe loves me. Yeah. You know, the I, I if we go all the way back to how this conversation started, right? There has been a lot of sadness and a lot of struggle, but there's also been someone or something or the universe watching over me. Just Things line up. The planets line up. Whatever you call it. Whatever your faith whatever is. Whatever it is, yeah. Something keeps lining up. But, and I think, and people think that I'm silly, I believe in karma. Yeah. I, I I believe that there is a something guiding me, and it is my responsibility to show human kindness. It is my responsibility to live up to all of the gifts that have been given to me. I know I have earned a lot, but something has put that fire in me. And I can't deny that there's something that's driving me to this. Um, I accepted the job as executive director and I was very outright forthright with them. And I said, if you want change, I'm your person. Um, I can't be put in a box. Um, I need to be who I am. And I, and I will promise you that I will do everything in my power to make this the best that it's ever been. And they pretty much said, well, you know what you do with the words of Hudson Valley and who you are and that personality and who you, that's what we want. Wow. We want that. And I said, then I can do that. And for the first year, it's been now. It hasn't been easy. I yeah, mean, there has been working people hard say, at no it. No <laughs> matter how many times people say they want change, that isn't necessarily always <laughs> when true. When it comes, yeah. Exactly. Especially when it comes with a, from a Latina, yeah, you know, yeah. that's just like, you know, yeah. um, I say Latinos think they have it hard. Latinas sometimes have it a little bit harder yeah. because what? We're women. Yeah. You know, and they don't want to take women seriously. Yeah, you know, yeah. they, I, I have been, uh, labeled hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, I have m- had comments made to me like, you think you're hot stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, these are things I'm pretty sure a lot of Latino men probably, they probably get in a different variation. Mm-hmm. But everything that has to do with what I do always boils down to what I look like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's like, it, it, it can never be about, uh, character, my character. Yeah. It's gotta be because of what I look like, you know? And, and so I still get it. I mean, I recently got somebody that said to me, you know, if you're going to do the Facebook live, um, try not to show skin Mm. or, um, don't wear mini skirts. And I said, well, I don't show skin, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't wear the mini skirts. Now, do I wear form fitting clothes? Well, yeah, I'm a Latina. That's who I am, exactly. you know. Um, it's part of my yeah. personality. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm always a lady. I'm always professional. And uh, but I have encountered that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Throughout yeah. my Absolutely. career, yeah. I have encountered that a lot, where it's boiled down to what I look like. Mm. And um, I've gotten kind of used to it. I'm almost immune to it. Sometimes it triggers me, but sometimes I say, you know what, this is not about me. Yeah. 
It's about them. And you know what's crazy? A lot of times that's just the small percentage of people. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of times we, we go into that small percentage of maybe that one or two comments that come out there. That's not the majority. Right. You know, and, and the fact that you've been able to continually push through and drive yourself regardless of whatever's coming mm-hmm. at you is just a testament to your drive and your willingness to overcome and to overcome these barriers. Yeah, you can't let anyone get you off your path right. or or take away your focus. Exactly. And that's really what that those are. Those right. comments like that or things that are said like that, it's just um, something trying to get in your way, exactly. right? It's trying to distract you mm-hmm. from your mission. This yep. is your goal. Yep. Don't, that's You got to keep your eye on that prize. Regardless of all the things that people are throwing at you, this is your focus. Don't let anybody slow you down. Don't let anybody tell you that you're in the, ro- the wrong way. And let me tell you, the, the, harder, the, the closer you're getting to that, the harder it's going to be, the louder the noise is going to be, the more aggressive people are going to get. Absolutely. That should tell you you're going in the right direction. You're doing something right. You yeah. are going in the right. You just keep forging through because that's telling you you are getting to like the big boss in the game, right? You're going to defeat the big boss um, in that game. Um, They gave me this, I, I earned the executive director right. position, and, and you're um, killing it. <laughs> you and know, I, I, mean, I it's it's yeah. been a good struggle. Yeah. It's been. Um, it, I I have to tell you, I went to speak for a uh, school uh, school um, the Gidney School yeah. in in Newburgh. Newburgh. Um, yeah. Actually, I think it was uh, Tiffany that. Um, Asked me if I would speak to the class, yeah. um, and I think Kevin Derry and Lujan Darian, was yep, there as well. Exactly. Um, and I was asked, but I couldn't go. <laughs> no, so I was honored. Yeah, you know, I absolutely. mean, it's it's off the beaten path for Goshen, but mm-hmm. you know, for me, it's kind of like I'll go speak to kids. Mm-hmm. No problem with me. So, um, and of course, I'm not shy in front of the camera, in front of the microphone. I'm very comfortable. It's my element. It's I, who you I are. can I stand in front of people, and I I don't ever think that I've ever been uncomfortable speaking before. It doesn't matter the size. Yeah. Unless they're kids, high school students, then you're like they're kind of judgy. So I'm not really sure <laughs> we're all about judgy these. Back then, yeah. Right? Yeah. So I went before this elementary school, and I walk in, and I see nothing but Spanish books, mm. and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. what is happening? <laughs> and I said to the young lady that greeted me, I said, so um, am I? Is there what am I? She goes. Oh, um, we need you to read this book. And it's like, a, it's a bilingual book. Okay. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll just read the English part. And she goes, well, no, they only speak Spanish. And I said, what? <laughs> and they only understand Spanish. And I was like, come again? Yeah. And I said, you want me to read in Spanish to kids that actually know Spanish? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, is that a problem? And I'm like, well, I guess it is what it is. You know, I, I'm here. I, I guess I'll have to do it. Yeah. So I grab a book and I try to find the easiest one, you know, I'm looking through the letters like, Um, and it started, everything started rushing back to me. Like, oh my gosh, my mom, Mm. you know, like the people are going to look at me and say, what have you, you've butchered us. Um, There's such a pressure to deliver, you know, for your culture, you know, you you represent uh, this population. And so you want to make them proud. We we got, we got Boricua pride, you know, we're proud. Yep. So um, I go to the class, and <laughs> they're all so cute, and, <laughs> and, and they're all black-haired kids. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And I say to them, okay. And I say this to them in Spanish. Oh man, I said, um, 
so English is my English is my second language, but I have lost a lot of my Spanish. Yeah. I said, so I'm going to read to you in Spanish, mm -hmm. and if I make a mistake, I want you don't laugh at me. Yeah. I want you to correct me yeah. and tell me how to say it the right way. And I said, and maybe I will. You guys can teach me how to say it the right way. So they were like all ready, right? And I said to them, um, and I'm going to tell you something else. I know you all speak Spanish, <clears throat> and I think it's very important that you learn English. Very important. Mm -hmm. You learn to read it. You learn to write it. You learn to speak it. But it's also very important that you keep your Spanish. Absolutely. I said, don't you let anybody tell you that your accent is funny, mm -hmm. that you need to speak better English, mm -hmm. that you shouldn't speak Spanish. Don't ever let anyone tell you that you should not speak Spanish. I said, this is your power. This is your a tool. You being bilingual makes you strong. I said, so do not, don't do what I did. Don't change who you are. Be very proud of speaking Spanish. So they're all looking at me. So I start reading the book. And you know, Ray, they were all like this. Yeah, yeah. They were just waiting <laughs> they, for me to like make a mistake. They were like, yeah. just waiting for me to say <laughs> the wrong word. Yeah, yeah. And, um, And once I was done, they were kind of like, they all kind of clapped. And I said, how did I do? And they said that I did good. And I said, did I make any mistakes? And they were like, no, man. Wow. Phew. Yeah, right? Because <laughs> they're like elementary school kids. You know, yeah. they're like hardcore. Absolutely. And um, I did it for three different classes, That's you know. And, and I was, and I went through the whole speech. And it was such a great experience yeah. um, to, I was proud of myself. Absolutely. You know, I... Look, I have my degree in communications. I'm the executive director of the Goshen Chamber of Commerce. I have my own radio show. Yeah. I do Facebook Live. I have a huge following. Absolutely. You know, I am a micro-influencer. And um, you're a mom. And I'm a mom. <laughs> and I have all of this. And that moment, though, <laughs> was like, I was so proud you know, of myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It was such a prideful moment that I was able to deliver a sp book in Spanish to, uh, children. to a children yeah, that don't yeah, even know beautiful. me, that will probably never see me again. Yeah. Um, But you probably influenced somebody. Yeah, somebody got something out of that. Hopefully. Hopefully. That, you know? Hopefully. Yeah. And I, you know, I, it moved me enough that I had to do a Facebook Live and tell people like how that was, how mm. how that really got to my soul, yeah. you know, speaking to these kids. And I hope that maybe it did resonate. Yeah. Because I wish somebody had said that to me gotcha. when I was a little girl. I, I wish that somebody had said, it's okay that you have an accent. Mm. It's okay to be Latina. Yeah. Um, it's okay to look different. Yeah. Um, you don't have to fit in. You just have to be you and make way. people love you for who you are. You don't want to be like anybody. Be a unicorn. It's fine. Yeah. You know, um, being the executive director has, um, like I said, it's been a new thing, but it, it, it's not the end for me. Yeah. I still have much more that I want to do. Um, I still have, I don't know what that end goal is, yeah. but, um, Whatever the challenge is, I'm going to face that challenge. And, and I, um, I know that I want to make my boys proud. I do have two boys. And um, my son, who's 15 years old, <laughs> he went into, element, uh, into um, freshman year of high school. And it was probably day three. And he comes to me and he goes, Mom, you know, I think I'm going to run for uh, uh, student body government. And I'm like, what? 
Yeah. I said, you're a freshman. Are you sure? He goes, yep, I'm, I'm going to run for student body. And I'm like, okay, Poppy, if that's what you're going to do, you know, um, do it. And sure, sure enough, he not only ran for, uh, you know, student government, he joined the lacrosse team, not an athletic bone in his body, but he was determined he was going to do lacrosse. Mm. And he stuck it out through the entire year. He challenged himself, said he was going to do it. And he did it, uh, ran for student body, became a, uh, a bill writer, then a lobbyist. Now he's vice president. Wow. And his goal, his goal (laughs) is to be president. Now he's going to be a junior and his goal is to be president of student body um and, and he is it's so nice to see he, my son my son you know is, is he's me yeah. and um and i and i and i look at him i go wow kid you really have it you know and he he makes me see that i that i'm making it easier for him mm-hmm. um i but there's still going to be that struggle. But he sees that I, you know, he's experienced it with me. So he knows. So I talked to him very honestly about what it is. I mean, now I'm asked to be a, like a panel speaker yeah. at the college. Um, I, I'm asked to present. I'm asked to train people. I mean, Regina Clark wrote a book um, called Pivot. And um, if you look at the book, I am the trailblazer title in the book. Um it's one of those things where people are starting to recognize and to be published in the book. Yeah. Not bad, not right? Bad, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? You it's you know, to me, the way I see it is that you, you know, we background here is the woods and stuff, and it's it's almost like you paved the way for your son to have that even that inkling and that idea, because you didn't have that. You created that path. So you pushed the bushes away for in order for him to, to walk mm-hmm. and to be able to do that. And I'm sure your youngest son will probably have, you know, some yeah. of those same ideas in some sort of way, at least knowing that that's a possibility and that's an, that's an end result. Um, so, you know, what an amazing story that you have. I mean, we can probably talk for another two <laughs> or three hours, no doubt. And it was so great. But I want to get into some of the crux of, of my formula and my formula way in terms of health and health and wellness. So, Coming to this uh, part of the podcast, you know, we talk about physical health, mental health, spiritual health, and emotional health. We've touched upon that in your story, mm-hmm. no doubt. Um, physical health-wise, you know, what are the things that you do today to make sure that your physical health is at, at the best that it can be? You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're all not perfect. We're not right. in the gym every day and, mm-hmm. and, you know, getting that six-pack every day. But what's some of the things you do for your physical health uh, in terms of exercise and nutrition? Maybe that helps you. To become that best version of yourself with uh, be, being an executive director and all the other things that mm-hmm. you do. Um, I find that it's very important to, um, no matter how busy you are, to take some time out for yourself. You know, find that one thing that makes you happy. I, I tell people, I know exercising can be daunting and you don't want, you just, oh, I really don't yeah. want to have to go to the gym. And when I see people struggling about, oh, I got to go to the gym, that says to me, you're not having fun doing it. Yeah. You know, so... What works for me is I have fun. I go to spin class um, every other day. Um, I'll spin for an hour. It's music. I, I'm loving it. I get into it. And um, I, I love what I do. So yeah. it's for me, it's if you're going to do something long term, you should enjoy doing mm-hmm. it. Um, and then I work out at home, yeah. you know, even if it's nothing crazy, mm-hmm. I'm by no means a professional, but you do, you, you know, your body, nobody knows your body better than you do, Exactly. but do something, mm-hmm. you know, um, wh- whether it is, if you want to do a push up, do a push up, yeah. just do it, 
No, don't worry about form. Don't worry about any of that. Just start doing it. Get to the point where you're motivating yourself, mm-hmm. make it an addiction for yourself and have fun doing it. Yeah. Um, and I say the same thing about diet. I mean, I don't believe in, in, uh, denying yourself mm-hmm. anything because you know what happens after a while of you denying yourself that craving guess what you're, you're gonna, gonna go back get it. Yeah, exactly. you're gonna go back to yeah. it and that's why people keep going on and off this wagon mm-hmm. of diets and they've tried these fad diets or whatever with me i decided in 2016 that i was going to change my lifestyle and there were certain things that i uh eliminated mm-hmm. so i don't take dairy no i'm not allergic to it i yeah. just read up on it and i said you know what Dairy is one of the things that I'm going to remove. You just have to look at what you do in your life Mm -hmm. and say, what are you willing to remove um, that you don't really, that you don't think you're going to miss? And changing, transforming your body has to do with making changes. Um, These are lifestyle changes. This is a a, a commitment. This Mm -hmm. shouldn't be a fad diet that's going to last you for six months. This is an overall life change. Um, And it's got to be something that you're going to enjoy doing all the time. Yeah. You know, and this is just, yeah. And adjust as you go along, but this is for you to Mm -hmm. figure out. Um, Doesn't matter how many times somebody is going to try to tell you how to do it. If you're not willing to do it for yourself, if your mindset is not ready there yet, you're, you're not going to change. It's not about just changing your body. It's also changing your mindset. Yeah. And that leads us into the second part. Mm-hmm. So that's the physical health side, the strength in your body. You you maintain that strength in your body so you can do what you can do. But now the mental health side is is what I call peace in the mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I coach people and I teach people on, on mindfulness and meditation techniques and things of that nature. Not everybody does that. Not everybody needs to do that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, um, but there's also struggles that come along with, you know, mental health or whatever the case may be. So what are some of the things you do for your mind? That kind of keeps you at that peace of mind. I think um, a lot of it is being proud of yourself, mm. right? Regardless of what you are, who you are, what you look like. Yeah. You know, we are so quick to just compare ourselves to other people, especially now in this world of social media. You see all these people and they seem to have it all right? The most amazing vacations, the most amazing life. Their body is amazing. You know, these filters are one, working <laughs> these wonders. It really tricks your mind into thinking, what am I doing wrong? Because I work just as hard and I, and I do all these things. Step away from that. You are not built to be like anybody else. You are built to be you. You need to show your own confidence, your own pride in yourself, Stop comparing yourself to other people. You will never be like that other person. And that's okay. That's okay. That's totally fine. Um, But also get out of envying or being jealous of that individual and applauding that individual. I think it has to be about that having a healthy approach on how you um, – are cheerleader for others as well, right? Support other women. Support other people doing it. Um, I think when you start to appreciate what everyone else is doing, it's going to be so much easier for you to appreciate yourself as well. You know, it's okay the way I do it. And I love the way that she's doing it. You keep doing you, girl. That's amazing. But I'm going to do me my way. And I say to people, I strongly believe in being a cheerleader for other women. Mm -hmm. 
I believe in being cheerleader for everyone, everyone. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. But for me, other women, because if I find that a lot of times women are at a constant fight with each other, and it's not necessary to do that. We need to stick together, and we need to really support each other. We, we make up this world. Um, so in mindfulness, be proud of yourself. Be confident. Show what you got. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And if you need to alter something, look in the mirror and say to yourself, you know what? Maybe if I change my hair, feel free to experiment. Take that risk. Don't let anybody tell you how you should do it. You have to be good within yourself. And, um, you know, it's funny because I've been told a lot of times, oh, you need to humble yourself or you think you're hot stuff. And I go, yeah. 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 <laughs> Accept it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's who I am. You don't like it. Don't exactly. follow me. Exactly. You know, change the channel. Yeah. Change the channel. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I used to be very squeamish about posting some of my workout mm-hmm. p- pictures because I'd be like, oh, people are going to think, oh, who does she think she is? You know? Now I think about it to myself. You know, I do that for myself and I enjoy it. Yeah. If you don't like it, don't look at it. It's totally fine. And what that leads to, which is great, is is the freedom in the spirit, that spiritual health part, because that I believe that's inspiration, right? So mm-hmm. if somebody sees you doing those things and sees you activating yourself every day and making sure that you're doing these things what that can do for somebody is Mm -hmm. just inspire them so what are some of the things that have inspired you in terms of freedom in the spirit the spiritual health along your journey or maybe even recently that just gets you to say you know what i know it's yourself too but what other things inspire you to to keep motivated i think um my children, mm. number one. I think out of everything, it's it's my children. They inspire me. I want them to be proud of me, right? But I also have this fear of, and this is a very strange thing to say, I'm, I have the fear of not being remembered. And I want to be remembered for all the good that I did. And why is that, you think? Um, I don't know. I, I think that it's important that we all kind of leave a legacy, right? Um, that somebody can look up to and say, I want to emulate that. And I want to be, I want to be strong as that individual was. Um, and I want people to remember me in, in that way, I, I guess. I mean, That's I, great. I, for my children, I want them to be proud of me. I want them to say, you know, my mom, she really, she really took it down. I mean, she, I, 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 this woman is went ups and downs and struggles and, but all the strength and she was powerful and she was magical and she cared and she loved and she shared and she, uh, prospered and she left, uh, a good, you know, something good in this, in in, in this world, um, that maybe somebody can look to and say, this is what I want to be. I want to be like that. And, um, and I know that, it, it could potentially keep the goodness going, paying Absolutely. it forward. Yeah. And I'm sure they are. I, I'm, I'm very sure they are proud of that. And again, that leads to the, to the fourth part, which is love in the heart. You, know, uh-huh. you said that word love and you know, love in the heart and the emotional health of, of my formula and, and, and just helping yourself to be healthy is all about trust. Mm-hmm. It's about love and trust and building those trusting relationships. So what is it that you do? in order to build that trusting relationship, first of all, with yourself and then with others, especially family, friends, colleagues, mm-hmm. and the community? What are those, What are certain things that you do to keep that intact? Um, is the human connection, mm. right? I really believe that you have to give people an opportunity to be themselves and don't judge them and love them for who they are. We're going to have faults. Yeah. Um, 
it's not in your, it's not up to you to decide what that person should be or shouldn't be. Um, it's just up to you to just show love and acceptance and let them let them figure it out for themselves. Just be there to support them if they need it. Um, for me, it's a lot to do with constantly supporting, constantly loving, constantly showing that kindness, human kindness, yeah. um, and allowing people to express themselves. So when I do my show, I tell people, no one can talk about your business the way that you can, right? Okay. And if you want people to support who you are, you kind of have to let them see a little bit about you. They have to see your passion, your struggle, your love, your sweat, your tears. They have to make that human connection. How do you trust people? With human connection, connection. right? Exactly. You want people to feel like they know you. And I know a lot of people, I have a lot of friends on Facebook and they feel that they know me. Yeah. Um, it's important to not forget that humans, we are social animals and we just need to be heard. Yeah. And we just need someone that's just going to listen. Absolutely. You don't have to solve anybody's problem. Just listen. Just listen. And, and let people express themselves. And if you're going to be anything, just be love yeah. and be kindness. Wow. You can't end it better than that. <laughs> that was just, just <laughs> perfect. Um, so, you know, just to let people know about certain things that you're involved in that maybe they should follow, you know, where in the Hudson Valley is, is Barbara Martinez is mm -hmm. one thing, your radio show, uh, the Goshen, uh, chamber of commerce. And then also, you know, there's some nonprofit, uh, work that you connect with and you support. What are some of the things you might want to let everybody know to get involved with? They'll look out for Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We're in the Hudson Valley is Barbara Martinez Number and one, yeah. just, you know, go in there and watch it, have fun with it, laugh, make comments, give me suggestions, ideas. I love to visit places it's an adventure yeah. you know i i i just love exploring things and like i said i want to be mr rogers mike rowe and lucille ball all together it's when i have the most fun yeah yeah um the goshen chamber of commerce you know that's another uh stepping stone in my life but mm -hmm. while i am there i give it my all Absolutely. so i ask people you know help us support these small businesses help us support these not-for-profits i have a soft spot for not-for-profit organizations i don't know why yeah, yeah. i just do Absolutely. um and i because i feel that they're boots to the ground they're in the community they're keeping the community healthy they're doing the work Absolutely. so it doesn't cost us anything to just help them yeah and uh, so as far as not-for-profits i do belong to several of them and not for any particular reason you know what i mean yeah. um unshattered probably, i just right? yeah, yeah it's just a good connection unshattered is an organization in hopewell junction it's mm -hmm. um kelly started it for women that are struggling with addiction and she's teaching them how to be independent and self-fulfilling um they they create bags from repurposed materials who doesn't love a, a purse yeah. or a bag, right? So you have these women, they're getting the skill, they're creating gorgeous bags, and the money goes straight to them. Great. You know, how how clean cut is that? Yeah. You know, exactly. I know every time I buy a bag that D made, D gets that money. So okay. I'm basically helping this woman change her life. Yeah. And it's so simple. So before you spend three and four hundred dollars on a Michael Kors bag, nothing against Michael yeah, yeah, Kors. Yeah. I'm just saying. Think about this woman that is trying to change her life and what an impact. If you want to make an impact and you want to make an, a change here locally, yeah. this is the way to do it. Absolutely. If you want to make a local impact, support your local not-for-profits. Now, we have hundreds of them. You have your pick. Yeah. Pick whoever you want. So I support Xylophone, Z-Y-L-O-F-O-N-E. 
And for any particular reason, no. I mean, I don't have autism in my family, mm-hmm. but uh, Debbie Major, a great friend of mine, her two boys, you know, autism, they want music and movement. And, you know, in our culture, we love music we and music movement. And we movement, we need to do everything music and movement. <laughs> so um, I think that for anyone that's out there listening, it doesn't have to be my not-for-profit organization. It doesn't have to be Unshattered. It doesn't have to be Xylophone. Mm-hmm. Find one. Yeah. Just go through Hudson Valley Gives, pick out a not-for-profit organization, and learn about it and support it. Absolutely. Just find one because I know it's hard. Yeah. There's so many to choose from. I, I guarantee you, you will feel so good in your heart and soul. No doubt. Even if you donate twenty dollars, yeah. it, it makes a big deal. Did you know for every uh, one dollar that you donate to the food bank of the Hudson Valley, you feed four families? It's amazing. So. That's what it's about. Makes a big deal. Exactly. Just go out there and do it. No doubt. And, we, you know, we'll put all these uh, organizations on the liner notes and where people can connect to, uh, as well as, you know, connecting with you on Instagram, on Twitter, on mm-hmm. Facebook, on LinkedIn and everything else. And uh, I just, I cannot thank you enough for doing what you've done today uh, and keep doing what you're doing. You thank know, you. I'm a full 100% supporter of everything that you're doing. And again, I'm just honored to have you on here. Oh, this was such an honor. So so great. Really telling Mm -hmm. your story and getting it out there. I know it's going to help people. And that's what the point of this is. Mm -hmm. And and also, you know, there's Helping Hands for Puerto Rico that you connected me with. And we're. Hey, man, Ramon Collazo doing a great job. He's doing great jobs. And, um, you know, that's what we're connected to and how we're able to try to help uh, Puerto Rico recover with all the relief that's going on. So, you know, we'll put those in the line of notes too. So if anybody wants to donate to that. But thank you once again. Thank you. I appreciate it. This was so much fun. uh, Thank you very much. (laughs) All right. Thank Take you. care. Bye-bye.